This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Morning, Doc, and welcome to 22. Hey, Gordon, how's it going? It's great. I'm, I've had a good break and I'm sure you have as well. I know you... Went down to the motherland uh, and had a bit of a breakdown there as well. Yeah, yeah, quite Christmas up here. And then went down to Cape Town for a week afterwards. So, yeah, great. And you were in the park, eh, Gordon? Yeah, in the park. Uh, magnificent. The, I mean, the rain has just got yeah. every river thumping, which unfortunately means the bushes yeah. too lush. You can't see that much. But you know yeah. what? Just parking off there is, is enough for me. And you, you didn't succumb to the deadly virus. I'm relieved to see uh, you're okay. No, we're all okay. You know, we've... Uh, done our bit and taken the precautions and I guess you know yeah you know trying to be careful uh, and not getting complacent and, and thinking it's all over yeah. and uh, yeah so and I mean same to you Gordon I wish you you know great health and obviously success and, and to our listeners out there you know uh, hopefully you know that this year is exponentially better than certainly the last two years and uh, and we can get on with our lives in whichever shape or form that is. Absolutely I'd like to echo that to all the listeners I hope you've had a great break thanks for joining us again we're going to be getting into full swing in the coming weeks with some really interesting guests who are going to be coming into the studio and uh, yeah good health and good wealth to to you I, I did have a couple of nasty bouts of nausea uh, earlier this week Doc. I was quite concerned about it for a while and then I realized it was just from watching the ANC conference it wasn't COVID at all so I was quite relieved about it uh, I thought it was your Arsenal team I must be honest I haven't been following that that, that was a wave of terrible <laughs> nausea uh, for and those then I see you. your other team is now fighting with the PSL the Kaiser Chiefs so you guys are off to a great start this year well you know just sometimes you don't feel like playing you know so it seems reasonable you know, you just don't pitch. Uh, uh, you tell your friends, I don't want to play today. I've yeah. got a headache. You know, I mean, and, and phrases it's, and it's my that. ball. And it's my, my ball. ball. <laughs> yes, it's my ball. So I'm taking my ball home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, she's, I tell you. 
Anyway. But yeah, no, it's, I mean, the year ahead looks interesting. Um, one gets a sense from um, reading some of the global kind of reports and feedback that there, uh, there are signs of green shoots. Everyone is looking um, forward to, uh, to the future. And I think uh, looking at, uh, we, you know, the, the World Advertising Research Council, the WALK report on um, the marketer's toolkit for 22, the first opening tranche of that, which was... Uh, Global trends. Uh, the overall outlook is quite good. I think forty-eight percent of, uh, or fifty-six percent, you know, of marketers looking forward to much better numbers uh, in twenty twenty-two. So I thought that was encouraging the general climate. But some of the trends there, I know we we're going to unpack in coming weeks. Uh, we'll we'll just sort of mention the trends now. They looked at the double bottom line, which was that sort of. Uh, the balance between the bottom line and, and uh, the environment, closing the effectiveness gap, which is a sort of a, a refocus or a reset from the sort of soft metrics into kind of outcomes-based stuff. Post-lockdown consumers, there seems to be a real case for, uh, yeah. for that being a permanent adjustment in behavior. Social comments, uh, commerce and the, and the creator economy, I thought that was kind of an interesting one. And then the final one that touched on was, was the collision of brand and e-commerce. How do you, how do you marry uh, the shift to, to the Amazons of the world with, with kind of brand objectives and, and, and marketing? So those are topics I think we, we're planning to unpack in the coming weeks, uh, along with some really interesting uh, guests, um, some of whom uh, we're hoping as well, I think you've got, yeah. Some really key players mm. from overseas as well, which I think is going to be good. Yeah, I think locally, uh, Gordon, we've done a lot and, we, and we'll continue, you know. And I just think, you know, that we want to bring in one or two international guests, uh, you know, to, to chat about, mm. you know, their perspectives. And I think the Walk Report does make the obvious comment that recovery is different by zone and, and as people are coming out of this. And I think just adding to, you know, your comments, a lot of those topics, those five themes we touched on last year, you know, if I can just look at them very quickly again, um, you know, looking at, at the double bottom line, and, and we spoke last year about the triple bottom line, yes. which is not a new concept. Yes. You know, it's been around for a little bit. Um, and, and just interestingly, we spoke about, you know, companies doing better packaging, you know, not wasteful. We, yeah. we, we spoke uh, about if you look at the perfume and deodorant market, how many layers of plastic and cardboard are there unnecessarily. And I think a lot of consumers now are saying, are questioning that sort of thing, you know, in terms of, of that. You look at the latest shell case of, of, the, uh, of the, the drilling on the coast of, of, of well, Africa. I, I made a note of that because, I mean, yeah. that's, that has obviously been one of the stories yeah. of, uh, of the Christmas break. I mean, good grief. That's... Yeah. Uh, Brand damage of the highest order, I would have thought. But that shows you, eh, Gordon, and, and I think you know people are saying, listen, we're aware of different things, and and some people have been aware of them for a long time, and and some people are getting into it. You know, some people are starting to question things, and I mean, just looking over the pond, uh, looking at a, at a well-known case at Patagonia, you know, the outdoor uh, manufacturer of outdoor clothing. I don't know if you saw that they donated all of their profits from last year's Black Friday. Now we're talking ten million dollars to saving the earth. Now, that's not a new thing. That's not vogue for them. They've been doing that uh, saving the earth pledge for a long, long time. But it's five times mm. higher than their projected uh, takings for the day. So that is quite interesting. And that's a company now that has actually put their money literally where the mouth is, $10 million to saving the earth. Well, I think that's phenomenal. Just Let's just unpack again for my own benefit. The triple bottom line, 
what are the three components of the triple bottom line? People, planets, and profits. So it's the people component of <laughs> yeah, that. I think not, is, that's, that's crucial. Indeed, yeah. And I think that's something which we will definitely be addressing this year uh, in terms of the, the reestablishment of the MAC Charter yeah. and the whole diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion debate. So that's yeah. going to be a key theme which we'd like to unpack in depth once we get sight of that charter. Mm -hmm. But coming back to putting your money where your mouth is, one of the, the stats in that walk report which kind of – alarmed me to a degree is that advertising in its entirety, the various formats, adds 28% to the average carbon footprint of a brand. It adds 28% to the brand's carbon footprint. Now, that kind of blew my mind. So part of the problem is, you know, it, it, it's kind of a you're hoist on your own petard yeah. kind of thing, aren't you? I mean, because if I'm advertising uh, yeah. and, and promoting, you know, a sort of a conscious and environmental consciousness, but every time I advertise, I'm putting 28% on the carbon footprint of my, of my own brand. There's a real problem there. So yeah. I, don't, I, I need to get my head around that. Uh, I don't understand enough about carbon footprinting. So yeah. if there's anybody out there who's got a, somebody who can explain that, how, how would you evaluate? Maybe this is one for our... Uh, uh, you know, for the brand father, if the brand father, I know you're a dedicated listener, you haven't missed any one of our 107 episodes. If the <laughs> brand father's listening, could you explain to us sometime how do you compute, you know, uh, yeah. the carbon footprint of a brand, and how mm. would you arrive at a conclusion like that, 28 percent added to a footprint just through advertising alone? That yeah. that blows my mind. And think, just Gordon, whilst you're chatting about people and guests, and I guess you know we've often put this request out there. To people listening, to guests, if you want to be part of the conversation, please reach out to us on any of our platforms. You know, uh, we'd welcome more guests, diverse guests, different guests, uh, and people talking about not just the five topics of today, obviously, but any topic within the marketing media space, and I guess anything in between that is that is really relevant and of interest. So please reach out to us. And I think just on that, Gordon, the second point that that you mentioned out of that walk report was the effectiveness gap and around measurement and around different sorts of measurement, uh, and and most important. Importantly now, a lot of those international brands are looking at, uh, at market penetration slash customer gain as their first thing, you know, followed very closely by sales as, as the two top scores of, of yeah. attributes that they're going to be measuring. So in, that in was one I wanted to ask you about because I was struggling to get my head around the difference between, you know, market share as a, as, as a mm. KPR and, and, and versus market penetration and customer gain. Where would you see the difference between market share or, or you know, yeah. share of market versus that customer gain thing? What's uh, the difference? Yeah, I guess for me, the biggest thing, Gordon, would be growing that pie. You know, in other words, if you look at, I want to say new age things they're not that mm. new age you know if you look at let's just take the beer sector as an example and uh, historically if you'd have market share you'd have you know ex market share of the beer market but as craft beer came on and mm. as non-alcoholic beers came on as light beers came on you know that pie grew so you mm. know your mm. gain would be incremental of those other slithers if you like and i mean you look at today i mean motor cars i guess the the, the, the big trend and again it's not absolutely new is is the move to to e Immobility, you know, uh, and moving in so market penetration and uh, customer gain of different types of customers, you know, um, yeah. So that to me is the, the yeah, the, and, and it, it opens the lens, you know, if, uh, I think f from an advertising and a media perspective to say, okay, so you've got to play outside your safety net, mm -hmm. which I think is good for for sort of peripheral media that might not normally get a share of 
of the conventional, predictable sort of rollout of media spend. But if, mm. you, if you're looking to edge beyond the, the boundaries of the pizza as it is now, mm. there, there's a space, I think, for the smaller, more focused media types to stake a claim. So I think it's quite, a, quite an interesting challenge for them. Um, talking about old age and new age, I was intrigued by one of the case studies in the report that Lexus, and this was under a different trend, which we'll come to in a moment, um, social commerce and, and, and the creative economy emerging. Lexus have put a playable turntable in their dashboard. It's like, mm. okay, let me just get my head around. Elon Musk has been slapped over the head because he had a, he had a gaming thing on, yeah. on his driverless car at Tesla, yeah. but Lexus, which the best of my understanding is not a driverless vehicle, yeah. has put in a turntable, okay? Bear with me, Doug. <laughs> you know, we, we, I've gone through, you know, eight track tapes to cassettes <laughs> to CDs, all of which now are, are just symbolic of my, my age and yeah. my dreadful inability to cope with change. But now they're putting in a turntable into the dashboard of a Lexus. Is yeah. there, am I missing something no, no, here? Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, Gordon, hang on to I'm not sure if you've got any more of your eight-track tapes. I haven't heard that for a while. But certainly your normal TDK90 <laughs> and, uh, and records. Let's hang on to those and CDs and, and they'll come back. It's just uh, yes, we well, just got to hang out long enough. To put a turntable in my 12-year-old RDA4, <laughs> I'll scratch that record to shreds after <laughs> I've gone over the first speed bump. But nevertheless, that's just an aside. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think the the close the effectiveness gap was interesting, and one of the points um, under that as well uh, is a referencing Google's model F L O C flock, which is a mouthful to say and has to be done very carefully. Um, federation learning of cohorts. In other words, if I'm understanding it correctly, it's recognition that because you will not be able to use third party data or even first party data kind of in the first person. You've got to collectivize the data and you've got to aggregate it against, and I'm sort of again lifting from the report verbatim, aims to give advertisers a way of targeting by group of people who have similar interests or similar demographics, etc. Is that not just <laughs> target marketing? Well, again, are we getting too clever here? I mean, yeah. or is it the return to target marketing? I, yeah. I, I was going really excited about that one because, I mean, that's one thing we do know uh, with our old-fashioned hats on is target marketing. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I guess, you know, Gordon, just listening to what you're saying, and I think I'm hoping, again, it's not one of those where the marketers over the Christmas break have come up with a new definition for something old, you know, because historically we've done that, you know what I mean? And we've picked up flack for that, you know, just call the thing by its proper name and be done with it. So, yeah, you know, again, within target marketing, I mean, there, there are obviously nuances. And one of the things we'll touch on, Gordon, is maybe the consumer of today and tomorrow and how permanent that change is after lockdown and, and whatever shape, form it is, you know, and some of the, the key characteristics. And so how do you then target people People differently, but uh, yeah, I think so. It'll be interesting to see how that cohort learning uh, evolves. You're listening to the Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. That that seems to be a, a almost a given. That's it's one of the shortest kind of trends in the uh, in the report because it's, it's almost a given that the uh, the post lockdown consumer. Is a, is is the kind of consumer that's going to be around for a long time? I think 
you know, something, for instance, um, which they deal with is is the relationship to to kind of social commerce and mm. and behavioural changes. Seventy five percent of the of the post pandemic changes to marketing, they, they estimate will will be retained. Mm. The, so all yeah. all those changes mm. don't write them off and say, well, that yeah. was just during COVID. Seventy five percent of the projected changes in consumer behaviour, including mm. e commerce, yeah. are going to be around, yeah. and that's a huge shift. Yeah. Um, and on the on the e-commerce side of it, uh, what's kind of interesting for me is that you know brands are now being challenged to to work closer with content creators mm. um, in order to to create a branded propositioning, and the and again year after year after year now gaming mm. is emerging yeah. as one of the key social uh, creator kind of platforms. Eighty percent increase in live streaming mm. g- games over the lockdown period. Yeah. And of that, they suggest three out of every four of those new gamers are going to be retained in the gaming space. Yeah. So gaming is a huge place where you've got to write your brand into that, that yeah. gaming space. Mm-hmm. Again, someone, you know, anybody out there who's a, as a gamer or involved in the gaming industry, we'd love to hear your insights and how do mm-hmm. you extract value from gaining, you know, uh, gaming right across, the, across the board. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. I mean, you know, again, we've spoken and, and, and gaming is not new, but certainly rising every year. You know, we've spoken about yeah. in-game branding, you know, on-field advertising. If you look at any of the football games, the F1 games, I mean, those are very, I mean, the graphics in those games are unbelievable, you know, the the, the, the on-shirt, yeah. the on-field, the around the perimeter. In fact, I was doing some work uh, a few years back and looking at the last Grand Prix of that year was again I think Abu Dhabi and they had a gaming festival at the same time as the as the actual Grand Prix mm. of gamers who were playing an F1 type game. In mm. other words, they, they, they made it, you know, it sort of coincided. And the same with UEFA. Gordon, about two years ago as well, at the same time, I forget where the final of that particular UEFA was, it doesn't matter, but they were playing the FIFA game of the year, the gamers were, at the same time, at the same venue, the night before the final of UEFA. Now, my my point is, that's the blurring between the real world and and the sort of gaming world that that is becoming so real. And I mean, yeah, you know, and also I just read an article the other day. And I saw a video from WPP on the, on the metaverse and Nike. I mean, I forget the number and I don't have it with me. What they've invested in buying virtual properties in gaming platforms, you know, in virtual kit clothing. You know, so you as a person can now go on and play a game where you can have the latest bespoke Nike sneakers, shoes, shirts, dresses, whatever the case may be. And that's just one of the world's biggest sporting brands that's coming in. So yeah, this is not something to to discard. And and the message is not for us, for marketers out there. You know, if you don't have a very good understanding mm. of this virtual world of, of gaming and how it cross-pollinates, well, yeah, I think you must use January to read up on that. Well, I think the metaverse is something, you know, <clears throat> my own feeling is we are still very much stuck in the mediaverse, which is kind of a, a, pre, uh, a pre-metaverse, mm. as it were. Um, but I, it's certainly the hot topic um, that we're going to have to unpack. I, you know, to be honest, the whole virtual thing is, is, is something of a mystery to me. I mean, when I was, you know, as a youngster, I mean, 
my idea of a virtual date was, you know, if you asked the girl next door to the matric dancer, she said, maybe that's a virtual date. Okay, so that's what I've got. A, I've got a bit of catch up to do on the metaverse. But I think you know, Gordon jokes aside, and you know, we had Greg Bailey here last year to talk TikTok, and I mean, we've seen the numbers out of the Walk Report, the rise of TikTok and YouTube as the two as the two front wow. runners, and our Instagram third. But the point of the story is, if there listeners out there, or if you know somebody who's an expert at at talking digital. They're talking virtual, they're talking metaverse. We touched on it, I think, a little bit with Hayden Townsend last year mm. from Accenture Interactive. You know, in terms of that whole smart tech space, ad tech space, technology overlay, these things, you, you, the, the days of them living separately are long gone. Eh? They've been for a while, yes. but it's accelerating, Gordon. And, and the challenge that you and I have put to, to young marketers, and I say young marketers, maybe it's all the top marketers as well, is the upskilling. You know, it's not that cliche of learn, unlearn nonsense. This is like for real. Eh? You better learn and unlearn because this stuff's here for uh, certainly for now. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the, the points um, which is addressed is in this collision between the brand and, and e-commerce. So, for instance, you know, are, are media owners like Amazon becoming the, uh, you know, or, or 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 retail, sorry, e-commerce platforms like Amazon becoming the new media owners. Yeah. So it's all you know, sort of sellable media. You, if I'm on the retail platform, that in itself becomes you know the medium. And I think media owners are going to have to to look at that as a as, as an area uh, that mm. they need to unpack. But under that particular topic, also they talked about still that the separation between marketers mm. and the the e-commerce teams. Yeah. Um, and that there needs to be a, a, a fusion of e-commerce and traditional marketing in, in a consolidated team. And the, the uptake on that was, was really relatively slow from what I could see. The figures were, were, were quite low, mm-hmm. um, which, which surprised me because, I mean, I didn't realize in my own mind. I, I just kind of assumed there was all one, mm-hmm. one uniform offering. But it doesn't appear to be the case. It seems to be a real challenge mm-hmm. taking the e-commerce guys mm-hmm. and putting them in. In the same way, maybe in our early days, marketing and sales were yeah. at loggerheads mm-hmm. with each other. It seems now we throw e-commerce into that yeah. as well. I think that land grab's continuing. You know, we've spoken... Uh, Gordon, at a, uh, on a few episodes last year with different people about the same theme, you made the point, uh, the CMO of, of MasterCard made the comment about the identity crisis of, of, of marketing. Yes. Wayne Bishop came in from PhD and spoke about the midlife crisis. Uh, Hayden Townsend made the comment around uh, technology. The, the fact of the matter is that Certainly, marketers need to get a lot closer to the e-commerce side of the business. Now, if you look at a good example of this is is ShopRite Checkers and, and the success stories they've had. Mm-hmm. They've now got a new building in Cape Town, uh, ShopRite X, where they've put everybody in under the head of innovation, okay, uh, including their marketing function, including the e-commerce, including AI, including data, wow. including data scientists, including some really smart people. Now, what's come out of that is 6060, the app that, that I think we most of us now and uh, the, the, the extra savings now in two years how are these stats Gordon 20 million consumers of uh, the card in two years it's the third biggest loyalty wow. program in the country that's extraordinary now, now I can tell you right now if I was some of the other players not just mm. in the retail sector but across I'd be saying what are we going to do to get up now and, and I think that's the challenge for marketing you know um, 
the role of marketing. I mean, we've been sp- spoken about CX, you know, the customer side has, has gone. You know, chief strategy officers have taken the strategy bits out of marketing. The finance guys yeah, have taken the yeah. pricing bits. Now we're talking about the e-commerce bit. The, the, and it's not just the front-end ability to buy something. It's that whole logistics, eh, Gordon? It's that whole thing. It's the reverse logistics. It's, it's that whole value chain. Yeah. And there's a lot of work that sits in that. It's not just the bit that sticks up above the water that, that we can see. And I mean, and, and interesting to look at a lot of those loyalty programs how much real data they've got on customers that they can then use they then their own google they then their mm. own amazon you know their own media house 100 percent. that's that's a very key theme which is under you know underpins the entire report is the recognition that with the the encroachment of privacy uh, legislation you have got to make use of your own data and i mean i think i think that's the big challenge going forward how well are you using your own data to to develop and you know coming back to the the checkers thing um for me using the card as a classic example one of the key shifts is instant gratification Mm. so there are other competing cards from other retailers Mm. and they're pretty good and i've used them and you aggregate your reward over time and then you know Mm. somewhere down the line you use it and say oh wow i've had a free shop so to speak but the immediacy of a discount on that card right there on your till slip when you walk away and you say gee i've just spent 500 rand Mm. And I've got 50 bucks off. Yeah. That's real. So yeah. it seems instant gratification is, is crucial. And uh, one of the other interesting phrases which came out of a, one of their case studies was SOBO, SOBO, which I hadn't heard before, sales overnight, brands over time. So it's, it's, yeah. it's still that fine balance between getting a short-term result but not walking away from your brand values and your brand uh, qualities and then we bring it all the way back i suppose including your commitment to the environment um you've got to have that trade-off so once again we we go back to balance balance short-term balance sales balance e-commerce balance communication one of the things which was interesting for for the ad agencies and i think it's time maybe we have the aca in it as well talk to talk about their way forward because in this creator economy Individual influencers have almost complete autonomy and freedom mm. to sort of do what they want. So they write these brands in, in under the banner of it's very creative. Yeah. So we've got these creative kind of mavericks out there doing their thing. Mm. But the poor old ad agencies who are tasked with the ongoing yeah. burden of being having a good yeah. idea every day or having a good idea tomorrow morning at 11 yeah. o'clock, yeah. they're being researched and pre-tested out of the game. Yeah. So how do you balance this? Why? How come one stake... Uh, you yeah. know, is just kind of a freelance do your own thing, and the other guys are being monitored so closely. Where's the balance? Yeah. How do we get back to raw creativity? Is what yeah. I'm saying. How do you, you can't sense check everything? Yeah, that's a very interesting point, Gordon. And I think it may be time to to to, to ask that question. You know, because I think you know, if, again, if you look at the at the rise of, and I mean, I influencers and old school ambassadors and brand endorsers and you know these people have been around for a bit now they just shape and morph into into different and the, and the mechanisms of communicating are different and largely digital these days but certainly there the latitude is far wider yeah you know in terms of and it's under well it's a free speech or an opinion or mm. it's my view of of the world etc as long as it's not you know uh it's not harmful uh to 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 anybody else, I guess yeah. you know they've got that prerogative, of that yeah. right. But yeah. you're right, the 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 ad agencies are governed by yeah. like closest. So to all our listeners out there, um, you know that's that's what we have in store. Um, we really really do mean it. Please contact us on our various platforms. Um, 
contact me on Twitter for that matter as well. Some of you engage with me there. What are the kinds of things you'd like to cover? But before we, we close up, Doc, I'm going to just ask you, your, what was your sort of social media highlight of, of the break? I mean, what, what kind of grabbed your attention and said, wow, this is marvelous. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I, no real one thing I, I don't think, Gordon. You know, I mean, I've, I've obviously, you know, I'm not a huge social media mm. fan. I'm, I'm only on LinkedIn. So, you know, I tend to follow LinkedIn. And I guess, you know, it's been, a, you know, some of the more celebratory mm. type messages and that. But no, no real one thing. So why do you ask me that? You've, no, obviously, no, no, no. you've obviously got something up you your sleeve. You never trust me, Doc. You're so no, suspicious. I'm no. just asking. Maybe you've got a highlight. I just want to hear I do talk. as it happens, yeah. Doc. Well spotted. The highlight for me. So, you know, last year we went through, we lived through free Mandela and, and, and some really powerful free this person now we, we've lived through free Djokovic this, this past week so free Mandela to free Djokovic but in between we had the free Britney Spears okay which I thought was a really meaningful uh, campaign which has shifted my, my world view yeah. and of course Britney won uh, the uh, that uh, case uh, to allow her her adult rights in other words, her father wasn't allowed to manage her estate anymore. <laughs> so she was given her adulthood, so to speak, yeah, yeah. which she celebrated hard, Doc. I don't know, Gordon. By posing in the nude on Instagram. I, I did she well. Now and, that and jolly good it was too. I mean, <laughs> let, me, let me not knock it. It was very pleasant and I look forward to it happening again. So well done, Brittany, on becoming an adult and proving your adulthood by posing in the nick on Instagram. I think it's fabulous. Well, I'm certainly now going to change my tune, Gordon. I'm getting <laughs> off LinkedIn. It's a bit boring. I'm going on to IG. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, Gordon, yeah, great seeing you again. And to our listeners out there, please be part of the conversation. We always say that. Uh, write to us. Uh, contact us. Uh, recommend people. Put yourself forward. Uh, if you're a brand custodian, please tell us your brand story. We'd love to to share that uh, across, you know, both marketing and media and whatever else is in between. So from my side, I'll catch you next week. I'll leave it to Gordon to close out. And to all of you out there, yep, we'll see you next week. Cheers, Doc. Was at twenty two. And so there was another episode of the Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.